0: Lake Effect brings you conversations about what's happening in Milwaukee and the people, places, and organizations that shape the community. This is Lake Effect Spotlight from WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR. This week, the restaurant Mejum opens in LaPointe, Wisconsin on Madeline Island in Lake Superior. Mijim, which is Ojibwe for food, is an indigenous restaurant that serves modern, seasonal Ojibwe fare, using meats like venison, bison, and rabbit, alongside ingredients like wild rice, island mushrooms, and ramps. Bryce Stevenson is the chef of Mijim. He grew up on the Red Cliff Band of Lake Superior Chippewa Reservation, and he's part of a growing food sovereignty movement among indigenous chefs. WUWM's Lena Tran speaks with Chef Stevenson about what he hopes to accomplish with the restaurant.
1: You are about to open Mijim this week. I understand it's your first restaurant. Tell me about your vision for the place. What do you want it to be?
2: What I want Jim to be is is a place that, well, one, represents the Chacombegon Bay area. It represents Red Cliff tribe. It represents Bad River tribe. It represents all the Ojibwe tribes that... That once originated from the island and were forcibly removed and and i, I want to uh, sort of reclaim a little spot on the island with our traditional foods and to take those foods and just make them accessible to everybody to indigenous people and tourists and locals alike i just i just want a fun energetic place with really great food and and to have people come in with an open mind and be able to learn something and take something home with them that they're, they'll be able to hopefully pass on to others.
1: Do you feel like that's something there that you see on the island, you know, or does this feel kind of like breaking new ground for the Madeline Island scene?
2: I mean, honestly, I, in my personal opinion, the island's overrun with uh, tourism, summer homes. There aren't a lot of great expressions of Ojibwe culture in any fashion, there's there's hints of it, you'll see some of the streets here are bilingually labeled. So they'll be labeled in the Anishinaabemowin as well as English. Um, and we do have the Madeline Island Museum here, which does a great job in trying to explain the the origins of the fur trade and sort of the mixture of indigenous peoples with the French in this spot. But beyond that, there's nothing there's no food representation here. There's just, there's no art representation here. There's just no, no solid representation that says there are natives on this island still, and they're thriving.
1: Given that it is such a tourist destination in the summertime, but it's in this like culturally significant place. Do you see your role or like feel some pressure to be an educator with the restaurant? What is that feeling like?
2: I really think that's, that's how we spend a, uh, Reality, I had to face with a project like this. I, I really, fo- I formed the, the the clear picture of medium and what I wanted it to be very long ago. Like when when I first started cooking, when I first got into a kitchen and started falling in love with the the art of it, I had already had this name and this this concept and this place I already picked out. So I think the the ultimate goal is to just teach people that yes, we have a different culture, and yes, we. I just want to break people away from the the stereotypes of indigenous peoples, you know, especially in this area. There's still many, many people who look at us in a very negative light and think of us as just subservient workers who, you know, they keep the, the inns and the restaurants running, but they're not any better for that. And I, I just, I, I want people to see that there is... There's passion and creativity and art and just this beautiful culture that is just thriving in this area that, that the average tourist, when they come here, they don't see it. They see the, the main attractions and, you know, and they might stop in the casino and come to a preconceived misconception about indigenous people there. But I want them to have a better understanding of who we are and, you know, why we are a significant addition to this area and, and this and the earth.
1: What, what's been some of the inspiration as you're putting this new menu together?
2: My inspiration is always, always, always what, what is the best that I can get right now. With Medium, there, there won't be any big trucks pulling up with big orders of produce and frozen pieces of whatever. It's coming you know, from local farmers. We work on a tier system that I, I, I worked with when I was the executive chef at the Indigenous Food Lab in Minneapolis, Minnesota, under Sean Sherman we had a tier system we developed that I carried here which is try to source from indigenous peoples first we have foragers and farmers and fishers and try to make an indigenous first and if we can't find something specifically from that source we you know try to go local who's on the island growing what just as local as we can get it worst case scenario you know our our bottom line is uh, organic at least we want to make sure we have the best quality food, and based on that, the menu will will change. It could change as much as every day, every couple days, but uh, we want to be able to bring in the best of what the season and the area has to offer. And then, as it changes, we change with it. So that's that's the that's the main inspiration.
1: Yeah, that's great to hear. Uh, can you talk about some of the? Indigenous producers or growers that you've kind of been able to connect with throughout this process.
2: Oh, absolutely! Yeah, one of my favorites is Ramona Farms. They're not in this area; they are down in uh, Arizona, but they are um, indigenous farm that grows different varieties of tepary beans, and I, that's my favorite bean. And so, sort of more locally, we have uh, Red Cliff Fish Company, which is uh, the tribal-owned fishery in Red Cliff, um, my tribe, and uh, so getting fresh lake fish from an indigenous source for an indigenous restaurant is just it's just something that makes me just always smile um and then another great one is uh cheyenne river buffalo company out cheyenne river tribe and you know their their bison product is just it's just an incredible product that a lot of indigenous chefs make sure that they go there for
1: how did you get into the industry when did you get into cooking and kind of discover that this is what you wanted to do?
2: I was definitely a late bloomer in the industry. I had a lot of what I would call past lives for you know as young as I am. I get bored easily, and you know when I'm learning something, I if I learn it and there's not more to learn, I, I get too bored and I want to move on to something else that I can like, fill my mind with. I used to be a carpenter. I used to be a letterpressman. I was a graphic designer. I was a and shrub specialist for a summer, you know, just (laughs) across the board with, you know, trying to figure out what, like, what's making me happy all this while I'm going to school uh, at UWM and, you know, studying English and indigenous studies. And I got sick of framing houses. I needed a break physically. And uh, there's a little restaurant opening by my house called Hello Falafel. It just seemed really cool it was done by the owners of Odd duck ross and melissa in milwaukee and I, I saw it i thought it'd be cool to meet some people and you know learn a little bit more about cooking i used i worked at mcdonald's and you know high school just like a lot of people when i started there everything every everything was from scratch so as soon as i walk in i'm learning how to make you know israeli pickles and i'm learning how to make you know lava bread and you know just all these things that are just 100 percent from scratch and i just I fall in love with it so, so hard. (laughs) Um, It was just one of those things where it's just, it was just, I felt like there was no way I could stop learning. No matter how far out you stretch, there's a million little things that are just going to come crawling at you with ideas and flavors and scents. And it just, I I wasn't able to look back after that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You said earlier that you got into this like kind of late in life, I'm curious, like what your relationship with food and dining was like growing up. and I don't know, did you have an inkling of it now looking back that your life might have gone this way?
2: so as a as a kid, and you know indigenous people will connect to this very easily, but we we grew up on commodities, and uh, so it was just it's just canned vegetables, canned meats, just dry goods, everything u s d a just dry. No possibility of going bad, and it, it just makes makes us sick. You know, diabetes, heart disease, uh, all of that just rampant. And you know, so when we were kids, my mom that's that's how she cooked. She just she would open up a couple cans of this and that, throw it in the pot, and say that's dinner. You know, and and it it was never very pleasant, uh, but it was food. When sort of things started getting rough for my mom and her marriage. And when I was younger, she had a, ended up working a lot up here. And so she was working three jobs, just, just night and day. And so there was five of us and I, I, I had to cook a lot, you know, I had to cook dinner for, you know, my siblings so that we had stuff to eat and I learned how to clean at that age. And, you know, it was, it was, it was, a little younger than I'd say most kids are when they learn those kind of life skills, but Since that, like, I've always been very self-sufficient. I've always cooked for myself, and you know, was never a great cook. But you know, I I still, I still try to come up, try to make things tasty. You know, it was mostly packaged ramen and just white rice. But you know, you try to what what can I add to this to make it a little better? It was about flavor. It's like, what can I? How can I make it good? I was, that's how I was until honestly, I met my wife, um, 15 years ago. And she's, she's Italian through and through and being with her family and cooking with her grandparents and seeing again, that sort of scratch cooking like that, like that had a big impact on me that, that changed the way I looked at food. And if it wasn't for that, I I would never have traveled down a path where, I would even go to Odd Duck to try it because it would just be too strange for me or too unapproachable because I'm used to hamburger helper and rice aroni. So, and, and so, so that was definitely very significant. It it was, it was something that I, I instantly wish that my own family had and that more people in my reservation had with those food traditions where you sit around the table and you talk and you laugh and you make this or you eat this food that took all day to make from scratch. And, you know, I just want I want people to be inspired to be able to do that. And that's why I wanted to do everything I can to bring indigenous food to highlight it. To highlight it in this area.
1: This is WWM's Lena Tran. I'm speaking with Chef Bryce Stevenson. He is the chef of Mejum, which is an Ojibwe restaurant opening in La Pointe, Wisconsin on Madeline Island this week culturally appropriate like healthy foods you know what you've just described remains a barrier in many indigenous communities i wonder like is there a tension do you feel any kind of tension between that reality and like what you offer as a chef
2: the role i want to play is to to take those foods that are are strange even to you know even to indigenous peoples you know there's still so many indigenous ingredients that i've i've never tried myself that i'm trying to get my hands on but what I want to do is just just take those things and make them more approachable, kind of turn them into, you know, there's a familiarity in, say, this dish. Or is there something familiar and comforting in this dish? But there's also something unfamiliar and that I don't know. And that's, that's where their brains are going to spark and start to, you know, like, oh, what is this? How is it made? How is it? And then they're going to have more understanding about that ingredient. I'm excited and for lack of a better word, proud, I guess you could say, of what's happening up here. You know, I, with my bouncing around and moving around the country and trying to learn, when I came back here, there there are so many more efforts. It's nowhere near enough, but there are so many more efforts to reintroduce uh, these flavors and ingredients to tribal people. You know, for example, you know, I want to be able to come in with my team and show people like this is what you can do with them. These are, you know, some of the flavors you can pull out of these or the techniques that you can use for game meats or root vegetables or, you know, so for me, it's an exciting time to, to be finally able to get this project going because I definitely didn't have anything close to this when I was growing up.
1: Yeah. How did it come to be that, I mean, you just said that you left Milwaukee, you went to California and you're kind of bopping around and getting lots of experience when was it the right moment to come back to Wisconsin and open up your own place?
2: To be honest, it was uh, sort of when I just had a complete mental breakdown. <laughs> the, the industry's tough and COVID was really tough on the industry and everyone in it. And I found myself sort of, you know, before, before COVID started, I was I was in Pennsylvania and I was running the Hotel Focher with three different restaurants out of two different kitchens, and it was just busy, busy weddings and all these events. And I left there uh, when COVID had hit because everything's obviously shutting down. And I came back to Milwaukee and I had some friends. I was able to get into some kitchens for some hours, and but things just kept shutting down, and I I, I was getting real low until. Uh, Sean Sherman had reached out, and we had talked about the executive chef position at the Indigenous Food Lab. For me, that was like that was sort of my okay, you know, like I'm back, (laughs) Um, I'm you know back on track. This is something we can do some incredible things with, and and we really did. But it was, I mean, I moved to a new city while my wife was still trying to wrap things up in Milwaukee. So you know, secluded, it was COVID, it was winter. I was working non-stop and so I just my headspace and my mental health really just started to decline and as things got more and more stressful and there was more demand and there was more dramatic chaos within the organization I, I, I eventually I just you know depression anxiety just that you know they can do incredible things to your mind and I just I just had to stop I had to get out of the industry completely and I did I came I came back home and I've spent almost two years sitting on my couch, just, you know, just trying to, trying to reconsider how I feel about the, about, I guess, everything, my life, the, the the industry, the, you know, the dream of me jumping, is this ever going to be a reality? And it wasn't until just at the very beginning of this year that I had a conversation with my friends, Gib and Lauren, who own the farmhouse on Madeline Island, and they said they want to get out of the dining room they want to get out of live service they want to do catering they want to well, just do a little cafe uh, they're also open at a grocery store finally thankfully here on the island so i just hey can i can i make this medium and they just without hesitation said yes please do and so here here we are <laughs> so it fell into place i guess you could say just just out of nowhere just fell into place and since then it's just been this you know this momentum i guess you could say.
1: Wow, it's been a punishing few last years. I hope that Mijam and the island can be a place for you to thrive and be close to family again. You said that the dream for the restaurant, you have kind of been carrying this with you for many years. When did when did it first come to you or when did you first kind of imagine this?
2: You know, I explained earlier that I had, I'd started at Hella Flaffle. You know, that, that spark kind of hit me and i, I the passion was ignited. And while I was still there, I was in my final semester at UWM. I, I almost quit because I fell in love with uh, food so much that I was, you know, I don't need school. You know, I'm not going to use that. And, you know, my wife looked at me like I was insane and said, you're finishing. <laughs> and so I did. But I had a professor at UWM and who, who was still, uh, I consider a close friend, Meg Noden. And she taught, you know, Ojibwe, Uh, Moen she taught you know indigenous literature she kept saying to me you know you're learning all of this and you know she she knew my story we had similar backgrounds of growing up not knowing our culture and having to rediscover it and she says okay you're learning all of this what are you going to do with it you know how are you going to take this knowledge and your people with it what way are you going to give back and every time she would say that I couldn't figure it out I just I didn't know like maybe I could go build houses for people or you know maybe I could write a book that people will be inspired by but at Hell of Falafel when I fell in love with cooking so much and I'm watching these scratch ingredients being made and they're not they're not my culture I'm cooking you know Middle Eastern food but I have no connection to this food and so that's when medium started popping in my mind and so I started thinking okay indigenous Mm -hmm. foods and we could do a lot of cool stuff with this you know at odd duck I was playing with smoked rabbit fry bread and you know just fun things like that I just kept putting in my head like I, I have to go back to Redcliffe I need to open it up where I'm from I need to you know make something like this up there because nothing like it has ever existed and you know so it it just it crystallized right there just like this is what I can do to try to help my people or give something back, and, and I just, I hope to God that I'm able to.
0: Bryce Stevenson is the chef of Meju. He spoke with WUWM's Lena Tran about his new restaurant that opens on Thursday. You can find more interviews like this one by visiting wuwm.com slash lake effect. And while you're there, subscribe to the Lake Effect Spotlight podcast.